kind of a weaker kind of a weaker top open there. You told me you were excited about this one before we started. So what is it? Well, I'm excited to drink it. I didn't say I was excited. Well, I mean, well, that's what I say. You're excited to drink it. Lager from a local brewery here called Dreaming Creek. Dreaming. And Creek. I even went full send on like the uh, got the frozen mug out of the the freezer. So you're not messing around tonight. No, it's like a beautiful orange too. Oh, it's, it's glorious. Nice. But yeah, we have an announcement. <laughs> We have a before we get into today's podcast, we have an announcement that uh, Evan and I need to make. Um, we're pretty excited Woo-hoo! about this. We drum uh, roll, yeah, Dude, that's topical, right? Uh, we have officially partnered with Lone Star Percussion, so they're officially partners of the podcast, and they provided us with a discount code, which will save anyone that uses it at checkout ten dollars on any order of fifty dollars or more. And I was actually just browsing around on their website earlier, like, how hard or easy is it to get to 50 bucks? And it's like, oh, I need to buy a practice pad. I'll save $10. Cool. So it's actually a symbol, one marching snare drum head if you want to replace your head. Great option. Highly recommend going over to them and uh, getting what you need and then saving a little money at the same time. So we're super excited about it. Officially can announce it on this podcast episode. So. So yeah, when you're checking out in the checkout process, there is a, a portion or a place where you can enter in that code and it's just aged out, no spaces. So aged out, no space. Then it'll get you that $10 off uh, if you're spending $50 or more. So it's almost a free pair of sticks. And if you're like me, I usually I usually order three at a time so that I can bundle up on the shipping. <laughs> yep. But yeah, and aged out is, that, is the code there. We'll have that in all the video descriptions, all that good stuff in the future. So if you forget it, it's right there. So yeah, today's guest, we'll just get right into it, is actually, I lied, subscribe to the YouTube channel. <laughs> subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, like the video, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, whatever podcast listening service you like. Uh, follow on Facebook and Instagram for updates about the podcast and check out the reaction videos, check out the clip videos, share the content with your friends. That is the best way you can support us and hit us up as always on patreon.com slash podcast for any financial support. Now we can get into today's episode. Today's guest is one we've talked to already before, but he's awesome. So we're having him back again. Uh, Mike Leitsky is back with us. What's up, man? How you been? Hey, fellas. How are we doing tonight? Glad to be here. Well, doing well, man. We, uh, we appreciate you taking the time on this, uh, glorious tuesday evening to sit down and chat um as we get into it and everyone will hear uh, mike is uh obviously if you haven't listened to his first podcast go back and do that but has a very long resume and history of just in the activity judging dci uh wgi well was going to <laughs> boa yeah. all that jazz but he also holds some uh some really cool positions within local indoor circuits um which is part of the reason that we're having him on tonight uh, to talk about some of the stuff they got cooked up, but uh, but yeah, man, uh, we really appreciate you joining us again. Just kind of sit down and and kind of go over some stuff. But I guess we'll uh, we'll kind of start with going back in uh, back in time a little bit. So obviously WGI canceled in April and for the remainder of the season. I guess that was around the end of February or something. But then everybody's had to start kind of game planning. I guess ahead of time just to make sure that they had a uh, their, their ducks in a row for what if, um, which was what we're entering right now. So kind of take us, I guess, through like your all's timeline. I'm sure it started back in 
back in the summer, like the circuit that you work with, your position there, and kind of that how that ball got rolling? Yeah, man. What if? That's uh, that's a great theme for 2020 in general, um, especially as it relates to the marching arts. You know, just everything has been so up in the air, and you know, it's just wild. You know, I'm I'm used to you know, going out and getting to visit a lot of uh, areas of the country and see a lot of groups and everything. And you know, I haven't been to the airport since uh, February, like the last weekend in February. And that's super Shows weird. to fly. <laughs> yeah, like uh, my wife and I randomly drove through the Nashville airport, like this is like a month ago now because they're putting on a new terminal there. And we're just <laughs> like, let's just go see what's going on. Like, <laughs> Let's go super visit lame but uh you know that's that's what's going on in 2020 on a you know a friday night you know wild wild night driving through the airport <laughs> that's hilarious um but yeah so with with all the the circuits and i'm the i'm the percussion administrator or percussion wins coordinator for uh three circuits across the country so i have adla in uh, uh southern california I have SCGC in Middle Tennessee, Alabama, and Kentucky, Western Kentucky, and then Seawe, uh, which is in the uh, North and South Carolinas. Um, you know, each of them, you know, kind of had to react to things a little bit differently based on the the local, federal, and state guidelines that were imposed upon them. But you know, everyone pretty much shut down operations within like that first couple weeks in March. And, you know, we tried to give the performers as much of a, uh, you know, culminating experience as we possibly could. Um, we did like some YouTube montages and, you know, things that you'd normally see at like championship events. We, all the circuits give out scholarships and all that stuff. And we still did all of that functionality of the circuits um, because, you know, our primary mission with all these circuits is to really advocate for music education and the arts. And we wanted to make sure that we fulfilled as much of those duties as we possibly could, even if we didn't have, you know, live performances going on. Definitely. Um, definitely. Yeah, it was, it was, you know, it was nice to be able to actually like do something and work on a project when like everything else was shut down. Um, so it was cool to be a part of that and, you know, kind of read what some of the kids were thinking about when they were writing these scholarship essays as all this stuff was get going. But, you know, it was, it was really interesting and kind of cool to be a part of all of that. Um, so, you know, I was fortunate, like you said, you know, we, uh, this was my first winter with WGI. So I did get to judge two WGI regionals. So nice. Um, Which ones I, were they? I did, uh, Troy, the first one of the year and then, uh, Temecula in Southern California. So I still got to see some early season SoCal groups and, you know, see what they were doing in February. Dude, one of the things I'm most disappointed is that I, uh, at least in relation to that that season ending early is that I was not able to see the finished product for for that RCC show. I was really looking forward to what they were going to do with that and just seeing that at the end. Uh, I don't know. I was just really excited for it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean they, they had behold. some really great stuff going on. Um, I mean, really, all of those groups out there, you know, come out swinging because you know the, com the competition is you know so fierce, but. I mean, you're you're absolutely correct. Like it would have been really awesome to see that trajectory of those groups in February to what it would have looked like in April. For sure. And I, I think that what you were talking about there with like the montage videos and stuff, most groups tried to adapt some form of that just to give their organization or their ensemble some type of resolution. I know um group I worked with, we they scrambled to organize like in the midst of everything shutting down. Let's find a place that will let us come for just like this last weekend to do. We'll get in uniform and do the thing and kind of everybody have a send off. 
And then uh, I remember a couple of the kids in the ensemble from Japan. So they ended up driving up to UD Rita and taking pictures in like the parking lot before they left <laughs> to go back home. I was like, oh, man, that's, that has to suck. That sucks. But <laughs> it is what it is, unfortunately. Yep. Um, yeah. So then I guess you guys finish out Roundup, have some sort of resolution and ending to the 2020 season. And then it's. Well, you have a couple options. Like we can sit around and wait and see what's going to happen, or we can also come up with some contingency plans and what we can do in case things look similar to the way they are now, or if things look a little bit more open up than the way they are now, or or whatever the scenario may be. So I guess throughout those three circuits, I'm sure all were involved in some, some sort of similar fashion, like a brainstorm process of like, all right, what do we want to do? What can we do? And like, what does that look like? Um, was that like a lot of the same individuals involved or was it you and just like these other members of these circuits that hold similar titles or? Yeah. So there's some cross between uh, the group or the, the circuits, uh, the color guard component on all three circuits are, his name's Mike Stone. He, he works with me to at least some capacity in all of the circuits. Um, so, you know, we were fortunate, you know, to have a great working relationship and, you know, kind of come up with ideas and brainstorm on our own and then present them to the respective boards of the circuits. And then the boards have been pretty active as well to try to, to brainstorm as well. And then, you know, fortunately we had a lot of the same ideas you know, the execution now is just kind of the, the tough part to figure out what we can do. And, you know, if you think about what life was like back in, you know, April and May when we started to have these discussions, you know, maybe even before the DCI season was canceled, uh, certainly before the fall BOA season and most fall band was canceled, you know, we were kind of all systems go, you know, things are going to get back to normal and we're going to be able to hold events, you know, starting in January and February. And we're really trying to keep that mentality as much as possible. Um, you know, I guess uh, hashtag the South. But I have been <laughs> yeah. uh, rehearsing with my marching band like three times a week. Um, you know, we've done everything outdoors um, since with three times a week since May. But we've been, you know, everything outdoors. All the kids are masked up. We've got a little ice cream cone set up that we do uh, with the battery to keep them all socially distanced. And it's actually been pretty cool to see how they develop like their environmental awareness and all that stuff in these like weird sets that they're in for the show. And, you know, we've been doing some community performances and all of that. Um, but that gives me hope that you know, we're going to be able to do something in the spring still, even though, you know, we're obviously not past this yet. Um, so, you know, that's going to look a little bit different in each of these circuits as, you know, California is a little bit more shut down right now than Tennessee or the Carolinas. And if cases stay low here in Tennessee, maybe we'll be able to have quote unquote normal shows. Um, but you know, California may not get to that same level of, you know, openness to where we're able to have gatherings. So, you know, in the summer, it was a lot of just figuring out what we could do and coming up with some ideas. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, here in Kentucky, it's been a mix of like kind of for at least a fall band, choose your own. Like they, they did shut down the circuit, obviously. But if you wanted to continue, it was like, if your school will let you operate within the parameters and your administration, then yeah, go for it. As long as you're adhering to the guidelines and all that. I know up in Michigan, they've been going and having shows. Um, 
Ohio is more recently starting to open up and like allow sports. I know like the schools and stuff are having sports here, like football's going, wrestling is going. <laughs> um, go figure. Uh, and then, yeah, it's just uh, crazy to me that we have you know high school football and college football and all of this stuff where there's their contact sports, and I know that they're doing the rapid testing frequently and all that stuff, but it's not foolproof. No, and it's just crazy yeah, to no. that like they can do that, but you know it's difficult to travel and like assemble anything to give these kids any sort of normalcy. And like obviously safety is priority number one. Everyone involved, um, but. You know, that's why we've been trying to come up with innovative solutions. 100%. 100%. And like you're saying, those forums maybe give your kids the opportunity to really uh, test their uh, their big boy ears. Like, all right, how well are you going to listen now that you're six feet apart from this snare drum and not, uh, not what is it, 30 inches of a step and a half or something like that? Yeah. Uh, 22.5 is a two-step, one-step, one-step better. <laughs> all right. Yeah, but, and you, uh, I can't tell you how happy I was to hear like dirty eights and dirty bucks and stuff like that for the first <laughs> time in three months. I was like, I don't even care. Like, we're doing the thing and we're going to get better. <laughs> Heck yeah, man. Play with the Met, <laughs> not your neighbor. As, as Dave Chappelle would say, uh, modern problems require modern solutions. Dude, yes. I've been, <laughs> all right, I've been on a Chappelle show kick lately. And I'm always I, on a Chappelle show kick. Dude, it's so. It, no matter how old the show gets, it's just always relevant. and It's timeless. The memes are just, yeah, the memes are timeless. I love Chappelle's show. Incredible. I love Dave so Chappelle. good. Dave Chappelle 2020. All right. <laughs> um, so I guess then uh, along the timeline, you start developing and submitting these ideas of like, hey, this throwing out this, throwing out that. And you guys, I guess, are in a place where you've come up with a strategy as of today um mm -hmm. which could change i'm sure just depending on how things go uh but where did you guys land and kind of how did you get there um i know obviously you said executing is the the thing that will um probably come down to figuring out but what's it look like right now for some of those circuits that you've been game planning for yeah so right now as of 8 28 p.m on tuesday october 6th <laughs> 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 this is what it looks like so our plan right now for all three circuits you know plan a is obviously have normal shows have a normal season do everything that we can the reality of the situation is plan a is is very 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 unlikely barring this thing just mysteriously disappearing which you know hey at this point i don't care like let's get rid of it let's go back to normalcy but that's not going to happen so plan b which is really plan a um is going to be <laughs> Um, having outdoor shows. And one thing that, you know, it, I'm really lucky to manage circuits that all uh, operate in climates in which this can actually happen. So we uh, devised a plan. We pitched it to WGI on a circuit uh, partners meeting that we had. And, you know, all of the cold weather circuits were like, that sounds really great. But even in April here, it's like negative 10. Soda. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah, exactly. So our, our plan right now is we're going to do two classifications. So we're going to do a, a battery only, um, and you can use electronic composition with that. So they can basically play with the track. Um, and we're working on a, an example of this with Franklin high school right now, the school that I work at. And 
Um, it, I think it's going to be something that's really neat. Um, it, it'll essentially kind of turn the lot into the show. Um, whereas if you look at some of those those WGI lot videos, uh, the one that I used as an example was a Broken City video where they kind of roped off about maybe the size of a floor or a little bit smaller than a floor um, just on some parking spaces. And then they, they were able to do a little bit of body and, you know, have a, a, an interesting performance environment because it's more of like a 360 environment as opposed to, you know, what we normally watch shows just from the front. I mean, mm -hmm. at, at Dayton at finals, obviously, like some people are on the sides and for Color Guard, they're in the back. But uh, for the lot, you know, it can truly be immersive. And I think that's a really unique performance environment, not only for the performers, but also for the audience to be able to capture, um, you know, just you know, different vantage points that they that they would normally have in a regular performance. So that's uh, the one that we want to do for battery. And then for front ensemble, it'll kind of essentially be like concert classes now, um, you know, just just outside. Um, so that's what we're doing. So the the plan is going to be, you know, to do social distancing with the audience. Um, we're going to have people check in uh, when they arrive in their cars, and it can be six people or less to a vehicle. You'll park your car, and then you'll be assigned a parking space next to it, and you can, you know, take out lawn chairs or you know whatever you want to do, or if you want to sit in your car, and that's going to be your zone to to watch the performance. So. Um, I, I'm lucky to have a lot of great contacts, um, you know, with uh, you know different companies here in Nashville that put on events, um, as well as uh, Chelsea Brokema, who used to work for DCI. She now works for uh, a company that uh, called Wolf Trap in Washington D.C. that puts on these huge galas and just incredible events. And I've been able to coordinate with them a little bit to find out, okay what are you guys doing that's going to allow you to run your events and be successful and keep everyone safe and still you know meet your organization's mission and you know i've gotten a lot of awesome information from from those that's folks that's really cool and yeah i mean I, I think there's some great partnerships that we can form like you know even if we don't have shows at schools um, we can do, you know, worst case scenario, you can go down to the old abandoned Kmart on off of Highway 96, and they've got a pretty big parking lot, and you can, <laughs> you can do a show there. So I, th I think it gives us a lot of dexterity uh, to be able to put on something. Um, every, every Saturday morning here in Nashville, we have something called Cars and Coffee, which I think happens probably all around other places. Yeah, they, have, the, they have that in Louisville. Yep. Yeah, man, you get your your sick Ferrari four five eight uh -huh. out there, and you know you park it, and everyone gets to look at it. But it's it's a pretty big event, and it happens at a movie theater parking lot here in Franklin, Tennessee. And I was just like, man, if they can do this, and you know, no one's getting sick, and you know, there's there's cops there that monitor everything. Like, there's no reason why we can't have a, a drum event here and give these kids something. Because what I see from my students every single day is just like. They just want to do something like they're hungry. They want to sink their teeth into something and have a project to work on. And like I'm the same way. And I'm sure you guys are also where it's just like if we're quarantined, I'm just doing like the day job every day here from my office. And then I have nothing to do. It's just like, what is this? You know, like I've watched The Office on Netflix like 3000 times through. <laughs> I don't need to do it again. So I, I think for the kids, it's something that's really good for them because it's going to give them something to work on. Um, but man, not like 
logistical challenges out the wazoo with this thing. And, you know, that's our plan for right now. Um, the judging thing is a big time X factor because, you know, that's a big cost that's incurred to the circuit. And But we have flights that were booked from last year that we need to use. Otherwise, that money is just going to be gone. Um, so it's a balancing act of like, we want to create an experience for the groups and have equity amongst them to have like an even playing field if we even want to do anything that's competitive um, or if we want to just do exhibition, you know, bring people in and just give them feedback to their groups. I think that's a really viable option as well. Um, but just something where we get the kids doing something, you know, we don't spend a ton of money on props and floors and uniforms and all that. Like, I mean, these programs are hurting, you know, groups aren't doing their fundraisers, um, you know, all that stuff. Like I'm, the budget that we have at Franklin, like we were supposed to go to Grand Nats this year. And then like, we're like, all right, we're going to do a field show, but we're just going to use stuff that we have just because, you know, we just, you know, we, we missed out on car washes, marchathons, you know, a, a car raffle that we did every fall, you know, where it's just like, we don't have the money to do this. So we want to make sure that these groups are able to still participate and maybe some groups that didn't get to do something this fall, it's going to be a great opportunity for them to get their kids working towards something as well. For sure. I mean, I think when I dial the memory bank back to high school slash college um independent comp competition like that was my big thing it's like i just want to like drum with my dudes like my the guys and girls that i go to school with to stand next to me that i just that's what that's all i cared about even more than class in college at some point it's like oh, i'll skip class and go drum with my friend like whatever and like it wasn't about the show it wasn't about like the performance it wasn't about like the competition parts like i just want to go drum because that's what i like to do like that's my thing. Uh, obviously, like on an independent scale, like the competitive aspect was like very driving as far as like, oh yeah, like motivates you to really get out there. But the lot thing is very interesting because there's been this whole just kind of like subculture of the activity that has developed through lots. I mean, heck, there's a there's a brand of clothing, Lot Riot, and yep. stuff that mm -hmm. people just dig into, and like you see these lot videos, and I remember that was probably just as much fun or sometimes more fun than the shows in my opinion because you have these people that are standing like three feet away from you which obviously doesn't meet social distancing guidelines right now but i mean they're dude, just like right there rhythm x lots like i remember yeah. all those vids like when i was in 08 you know there's like crowds within the group set up and in between the front ensemble and batteries yeah like the, yeah. Tw the 2010 group like all those lot videos are so crazy with people like right on your drums like it was that, awesome. Just, there's nothing else that's like that. I was. That's what I was going to add. Just the lot experience. It really highlighting that I think is a really smart move. Just just taking just simplifying everything, and and I agree. Like to me, the lot experience as an audience member and kind of as a member to some extent was like my preferred part of the whole experience. Like that was just especially as an audience member. I prefer the lot experience as, a, as an audience member way more than watching the actual shows. I mean, I'll come out and say it. Like, it's just my personal preference. And I, I think it's a really smart, cool idea, um, a smart angle to attack this thing from. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. And and I agree. Like, the, the lot experience is certainly something that's special. And, you know, shout out Lot Riot. Like, a lot of really cool stuff that you guys have. And you guys should definitely be partnering with the Aged Out podcast. Yeah, that's what's up. <laughs> that's um, what's up. 
but yeah, I mean, in, and, and I agree, like it's, it's a great seat. Like there's no experience that you can have like those, those old rhythm X videos. Um, I would say the only one better seat in the house is the one that I've been so fortunate to have with DCI <laughs> where it's like running around with them on the field <laughs> or up to seven feet, I think is what we have. I don't know. It's, I'm a little rusty with my, my stats here since we didn't get to do it this year, but, um, yeah, I mean, and, and when you look at the safety of, of everything, you know, the, the Colorado study that came out and we don't need to get super nerdy about like air dispersion modeling and aerosols and all <laughs> that stuff, but you're so much more safe outside. And if you're spaced out, like, uh, you know, within the, the, the car parking spots, you know, there's virtually you know, you know, not much danger that's out there, according to the science that we have right now. Um, you know, so I think that's really what's important, like really giving people an exciting and unique experience, but also making sure everybody's safe as well. And I think the thing that works in at least the percussion model favor and probably even like the winter guard is we don't use air to make volume from our instruments or yep. our implement yep. of performance. Um, yep. So you you could like, I mean, masks have been a part of WGI shows for years. Now they're just a part of regular life. I mean, heck, MCM with that Hand of Man show, they wore some type of mask and <laughs> won the gold medal. Um, yep. But so like that's another thing that from a safety standpoint, it's like, well, if the masks work and people can argue tooth and nail back and forth, whatever, who cares? But if that's the guideline, that's the guideline. Um, and if you're still able to implement that guideline and follow that rule while still being able to use your instrument or implement if you're in color guard or uh, dance or whatever, then even better as far as like being able to follow those restrictions. So I think that that works in favor of what you guys are kind of proposing there. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty pumped about it. And like, you know, now is really the time to reevaluate everything that we're doing, you know, from an activity standpoint. And, you know, I'm sure you guys have been doing this with your your individual jobs. And I know I've been doing it for, for my day job as well as it's like, now it's time to reevaluate everything, look at what we do from a process standpoint and figure out how we can do it better. And I mean, it's it's been really kind of neat to deconstruct the activity and figure out, all right, what is absolutely essential here to give the members an incredible experience versus what is just like a nice to have. Yeah, I mean, we we talked about that a little bit on our last podcast, too, about frivolous spending in some of these like world class organizations, like what is necessary to compete and what is just like a luxury and what is reckless at times as far as like electronics or costuming or props or this or that um and obviously they're just passing those things along to the members anyway as far as their fees and whatnot so will we get some sort of kind of rebound backwards in the land of independent wgi independent drum corps and just some of those high caliber groups scholastically on like what they're spending in order to produce a show which, in my opinion, hopefully will uh, scale a lot of people back. I would love to see that. But <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think it, you're, it's an almost absolute certainty that you will see people scale back. And, you know, it, commonly some things that I hear as a, a circuit administrator is, you know, the usage of fancy props and screen printed floors and line array systems, you know, doesn't create parity amongst the groups or equity amongst the groups. And... 
that creates, you know, a delineation competitively. And I've said for the longest time, like, man, you could go out there, you could spend 500 grand on the best speakers out there. You could have the best MIDI controllers ever, the maxed out MacBook or uh, Mac minis. But if you don't know how to use what it is that you're using, or if your uniforms that you spent, you know, $300 on each per for each performer don't work effectively, or you haven't thought through, like, that doesn't really matter. Like you can spend money really poorly, or you can, on the flip side of that, you know, go out there and have no props and kick everybody's butt, you know? I mean, I would prefer that. Yeah. I mean, I Broken think the City props have gotten last year one and they had like, last year Broken City won and they had like a prop that was very, very, I don't know, minimal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, possible. it's just design, design, yep. yeah. design and teaching performance, execution on all visually, musically, on all facets. I would yeah, say um, props. I, I find it just like really cumbersome to use props. This is just like my personal experience here. Just, you know, when you have props and, you know, you find yourself being forced to like write a transition a certain way because you have to get the prop from point A to point B. And it's like, all right, I'd really like to do this, but I'm not able to because the functionality of the moment means that I have to take it over towards side one. And like, that's why. I'm like I'm always been like less is more on all that stuff, man. Like I agree. you just, like, agree. absolutely need and nothing else. I plus I think it's the props go end ahead, up Mike. being almost like a I feel like they come off as like a design crutch. I don't know. If you fail to present your design or your thematic idea through the performance aspect, yeah, you could just be like, Oh, we're gonna throw we're yes, gonna throw a bunch you. of it, hearts out there in our shows about love. Like uh, it can make up for but, design <laughs> shortcomings. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but absolutely. to kind of, or sorry, do you have another thought on that? Like, or fantasy? No, 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 no. Go ahead. To kind of backtrack to you had mentioned uh, one of the things that you guys were experimenting around with was like the the playing to the backtrack. I think that that stuff is a really cool idea. We've seen snippets of that through like concert percussion pieces that are more modern. People writing the concert snare piece to this like techno track, or even more recently, like the marching vlogs thing that came out of California and those, those kids put together, they didn't play. I don't think they played to a recording, but I think they just overlaid their music on like a post-production, but still just like a really cool thing to do. Um, I think that what you're designing your circuit around aligns with the ideas that a lot of groups are probably going to try to adopt as far as we're not going to create a traditional show in the sense that we, march and play and do choreography and all this and that, but it's going to allow us to really experiment with the limits of what we can do musically as far as like without having to do this choreography and dance like movement, like how, how far can we push the musical boundaries of what we're able to do dynamically or what we're able to present from not being in this form on the back of the floor, but like to really have this pianissimo moment that it was going to be able to be picked up. Um, I think that that stuff is going to be really cool to see some of these groups implement. Uh, I've talked to a few groups or a few people that teach at different groups in Texas, Florida, California, uh, Georgia, whatever. And they're really excited about those things. Like, ah, I probably won't be traditional in like the sense that we design a show, but like, what can we do to still like our kids just want to get together and drum and we can still teach and like have like clinic type stuff when we want for like 2022, which sounds crazy, but 
I think that what you guys are proposing aligns with kind of what those people are wanting to do. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, like, I, I just think there's so much cool material out there that, you know, you can expose your students to and, you know, get them to drum along with because, you know, like, so much of the battle is just, you know, being able to play with a met or trying to be able to play with a click. And, you know, sometimes like like what we're using at Franklin and, you know, I, I'm so fortunate to have a guy uh, named David Curtis, who's on my front ensemble staff. Um, he writes lo-fi music and he takes a lot of like he just put out an album. Nice. Um, his, his artist name is Of Those Who Know um, on Spotify. Um, he put out an, an album that was all uh, French Impressionist music that he turned into lo-fi. And, like, that's what we're playing with. Um, and it's just, like, super cool stuff. Like, it's it's really unique. And, you know, it almost gives them that idea of, like, playing with the front ensemble. But, you know, obviously they're not. You know, you're playing with an electronic track. So um, I, I just think it's going to be something that's cool. It allows... Like the design of what we're going to try allows the group to like learn and teach everything remotely if they have to, and then like come together for one ensemble rehearsal and you should be able to do it. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, go learn your stuff. Maybe in some groups cases, like, all right, submit a, submit me a video after you've had this for a week for some feedback, make sure we're all on, on the same track or all on the same pace. And then in three weeks we'll get it together and throw it together. Um, did you see that marching vlog stuff? I have not seen it. It's really cool. It. You should definitely it's really check cool. it out. Um, I, it's really it's, cool. I'm sure it was very similar. Like they, Some of the members in the organization, which is like a mix of like some RCC, Pulse, uh, Pacific Crest, Broken City, whatever, a lot of those California folks, and some of the members that are in it like wrote some of it, and then they ended up writing like show music in quotes, mm-hmm. and then like putting it over like some lo-fi music type like ambient sounds and also some tracks and it was really cool um i think it pushes the creativity from what arrangers are doing especially when you're talking about um like a march and percussion battery like really using the voices to like play Mm -hmm. off each other and using the interplay in a really creative way i mean tom i mean you got quads you got five or six drums and they got pitches what are you doing? Like, are, are the same thing with bass drums? Is it just like, oh, this is like ripping some notes, or does it fit uh, musically? And I, I really dig that stuff. So, lasers for days over some Debussy, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fast notes are cool when it's mixed in with a, a juxtaposition of space. So there. Mm, I like that. I might have to steal that. It's like, uh, yeah, yeah. So place for all <laughs> of that it. on a judge's tape. <laughs> Can't go too far. <laughs> Can't go too far in either direction. You got to marry the um, two. In a lot of stuff too. I guess this will be a good segue from what you're describing for these local circuits. Obviously, WGI has released their uh, their options and avenues that in which people can participate. Which uh, there's a few different ones. I know one of them was like an e showcase. One of them was like a, a competitive. One of them was a solo or. Sp- small ensemble they kind of gave a lot of different things um and basically i guess broke them down into age groups like 13 under 14 18 19 and up which is kind of cool it says 19 and up so you might see some wild submissions and then like solo wise like each different instrument snare tenor bass keyboards um and then like through all the wind instruments and guard implements flag rifle saber all that stuff but i 
I'm kind of curious to see how it all play out just because from an independent standpoint, working with the independent group in the past and recently and stuff, how many groups will like, I guess, risk it <laughs> um, financially and just like what they're going to be involved in. It, it'll be interesting. I know California is kind of in a different scenario of like you mentioned earlier, they're really locked down more than other parts of the country. Um, so they're probably like a lot of those groups are like, ah, we're just going to like chill and take we'll the probably get off. together and drum. Um, well, but, I just don't you know are, how many of these independent groups are realistically going to be able to find a housing site. You that's know? the biggest issue. That's a big spaces. one. Like I mean, you already had, saw Rhythm X has come out saying they're not, they're not even fielding anything. They're just taking the season off. And I think a lot of I think a lot of independent groups are gonna are gonna do that. From the beginning, I think the independent aspect of it seemed much more difficult than the scholastic aspect, just because sure. you have you have schools that have regulations and guidelines that the school districts are imposing on them that they have to follow. WGI would know that local circuits know that like. The high schools like your kids have to follow these, or your school is gonna like. There's gonna be consequences. The independent groups don't really have those, so it was gonna become, from my understanding, or just like thinking through it, like, well, WGI would have to come up with guidelines. They'd have to enforce the guidelines, and then have to like impose punishment on people who didn't follow those guidelines. And they really just don't have the manpower, the resources to do that. Yeah. Um, especially with how spread it is uh, locally. I mean, you're talking like SCGC, you're in, I don't know what a 50 mile radius, maybe it's a little bit bigger than that. Mostly North to South, but yeah, I mean, East to West, certainly within 50 miles. So as a, as compared to like a WGI aspect of like, I don't know, 30 to 40 States and however many countries that participated, just like, it was not, I don't think it was ever feasible in my opinion. Well, they're just, they're not an investigative body, you know, like that's just not what like Mm -hmm. Ron Nancurvis is not out there, like going and visiting housing sites, you know, like he just, he he can't do that. So I think that all just made sense to me. It was just like, when I heard about it, I was like, that sucks, but I get it. So I, I thought about just, when you're talking about the op- things you're doing with the local circuit you're working with, I re- I recall 2012. I think it was the um, the Kentucky Regional, the what's it called, Mid South. Is that what they call it nowadays? A Diddle Arena at yeah. WKU. It was a WKU, but mm-hmm. we warmed up on the football field, and so my brain instantly jumped to when you started talking about what like SCGC is doing for this season. Could WGI do something like that, where the people from California don't travel out to Dayton they still have their shows out there and then whatever but you have judging panels and then you have in the football stadiums now again you have to get the universities to let you use them which is a whole different hurdle or I guess you could use high schools too and you don't you don't do a marching show kind of how you guys you still have battery and pit together or you can separate them like you guys are doing and when the stands are so large you can easily keep the crowd separated like just like they're doing at football games just like they're doing at these sporting events that are happening so i think that might have been a solution they could have done but maybe dealing with the universities or places they would need to do do this at just wasn't feasible yeah i think that go go ahead no go ahead mike i was gonna say i think that's a really viable option and that's certainly something that we're taking a look at 
Um, just the challenge, you know, just like with the independent groups, you know, trying to get an outside entity to be able to come on to any school grounds is is going to be super challenging. And we've had we have schools. This is SCGC's 50th year um, in 2021, and we've had event partners that have hosted a show almost every single one of those years that we go to them and we say, okay, do you want your traditional weekend? Is that going to work for you? And they're like, yeah, we want to, but I don't know that the administration is going to sign a contract. Um, so I, I think that's that's kind of where we're at, where why we want to try to do the lot aspect of it, just because you can do that anywhere, even if you don't have a traditional event partner. I mean, you could do a show out in the UD Arena parking lot just like that and you know it, have, a, have a great show out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I've definitely seen uh, groups using those football fields. We're, we're looking at doing that with some circuits. Uh, California in particular is looking at doing that. The challenge becomes football. <laughs> if point. they're not doing football right now, some areas of the country are looking at pushing football to be a spring sport. And that could potentially get in the way of things when you're thinking, you know, Friday night lights, varsity games, but JV games and freshman games usually happen on Saturdays. Yeah, good point. Or also, like, they do, like, I know the local high school here, they do rec league football games on Saturdays. It's like the yeah. 10 and 12 year old kids or whatever. It's like, oh, we got the field because they're like playing the youth or soccer or something. Yeah, something's going on. That, yeah, that becomes a scheduling whew, nightmare. It's already That's, hard uh, to get gym time, you know? Oh gosh, dude! Gym time, dude. The housing thing. I know we were talking about the housing thing. It's just so, it's so difficult. And most of the groups I've talked to have been like, "Dude, housing. We don't have anywhere to even hold auditions. We don't have anywhere to go. We don't. We can't bring. Like, we could do virtual auditions, but we still don't have anywhere to to bring our kids. Yeah, like, uh, and for that's that, nation. For that. That's nationwide." Yeah, for that reason, I was honestly surprised WG, WGI just didn't straight up cancel the season and say, we'll come back out, let the local circuits all function, do things like you guys are doing, keep the the youth, in quotes, I guess I guess the more youth, lo- younger youth, in quotes, drumming, mo- like doing what they can, and then just extending the age out, giving everybody else an extra season and trying it again next year. Yeah. Well, I don't think WGI wanted to like just throw in the towel, and it's, I think scholastically, it still seems like really feasible for people to produce a a show or something and submit it to WGI if they want feedback. I know one of the things said you could submit it and get feedback from like two judges or something through Composition Suite or something. That's true. Let, but, me, let me clarify. I was more referring to the independent side of the activity. Yeah, but I mean, they can't just straight up and say like. We're gonna have Scholastic this year, but not independent. Like screw Why you not? guys. So, Why can't I they? mean the groups? The groups will make it up for themselves. I mean, if if Scholastic groups or if independent groups want to pay WGI the fee and submit their stuff, they're gonna take it. I mean, that's true. I think that the, that's the bottom line. That's How fair. many of those groups participate will yet to be determined. I <laughs> TBD guess, to be determined. Yeah, yeah I think I it's gonna be really interesting to see what groups maybe go that route versus what groups, you know, might really explore, you know, other forms of media to, you know, have their season, you know, who's going to create like a music video for, for their show. And like, you know, you don't need props when you can take your show about a forest and actually put it in the middle of a forest, you know, like, (laughs) 
That's fair. I, I think that there's a lot of interesting ideas that people are going to explore. And that's a way to where it's like you can have a weekend where it's like we only need the snares here to come in and like meet us in this random location and play through this part of the show. You don't have to worry about housing or, you know, having a rehearsal facility or anything like that. And I, th- I, I, I think there's going to be a lot of creativity that that groups showcase. I think that that is very on point with there not being a traditional WGI season. There are no WGI rules. You have no parameters. Yeah. yeah. You have no restrictions on what you can and cannot use in your quote unquote show. So like you're saying, like go drum in the ocean, go drum, like whatever, use lasers, fog machines, like who cares? Like you can use whatever you want. So you can dub music over. It doesn't matter. Create so whatever you want. You're saying all this. Clarify for me. Like they're not. There's not going to be like an independent world gold medal go to somebody this year, right? I mean, not I, to my knowledge. No. I don't think okay. so. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure I understood like fully how everything was operating. Because I was like, if you're lifting all these rules off, it becomes a battle of who can edit videos better. You know? Well, I mean, I know that there will be. A, I know that they did come out with a section that says competitive, and there's rules to that. But then there's also sections like one's called like e showcase, where you just you you submit whatever Do you something want. Cool, yeah. Um, and I know there's a couple groups probably gonna go that route that I've already caught wind of, but we'll keep that in the bag. So, <laughs> <laughs> little, little teaser, but yeah. Well, man, I think that that's, I mean, I think what you guys are doing, especially like you mentioned, for what you have the availability to do with the climate and the weather in the southern part of the country makes perfect sense. I would fully hope that a lot of high schools would take advantage of that just to give their kids an avenue to drum, to play, to spin, to do something and just continue to build their their skills. I mean, I think a lot of those kids have aspirations of going on and doing things post high school uh or at least probably a good portion of them so, so any way you can just still get hands-on education for those high school kids is, is crucial yeah absolutely agreed so you want to want to take a few minutes and move on to speculate on dci for next summer for a minute or i we mean can we just, can speculate but... that's what i mean I mean, we're talking to a judge. I mean, he's going to give us all the details, right? <laughs> the insider trading info. I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah. I have all of the secret information. <laughs> I'm, yeah, we I mean, talking, we, can, we can jab on this real yeah, quick. We were, we Go were ahead, talking Mike. to um, Nicole Casino on the previous episode, and I think it's going to happen. I think the season is going to happen, and the conclusion we kind of came to with the by the end of it was – maybe shorter a shorter tour maybe shorter shows some kind of altered setup but at its core will still be drum core yeah i i think really everything is on the table um you know there's a lot of smart people that are in that room you know not only from like a you know a music intelligence standpoint but also you know people that have been executives at big businesses that you know have done a lot of change management in their life um, at you know multi-million dollar corporations so there's the right people are in the room now the challenge is all of the external factors figuring out you know if there's going to be a vaccine by then you know how can all of the members you know ensure that they get it um, how do we know if it's effective with enough time? Um, you know, again, housing becomes a challenge. Um, but is there a way to maybe, 
utilize sleeper buses for the entire core. Do cores remain the same size that they are, or do they maybe get a little bit smaller so that way you can kind of create your own bubble, um, so to speak? Because, I mean, you see, like, what's happened with the NBA and the NHL, and, like, those guys have been super successful with, you know, not having any virus at all. And, you know, I think it would be really interesting, like, if we were able to have had a season last year and maybe just have, like, everybody post up at the the Disney complex in uh, Orlando and like they could have had their own rehearsal fields and all that stuff. And then we had shows like who knows, like what could have happened? You know, ESPN was showing uh, cornhole tournaments. Like, <laughs> yeah. Maybe it could have been yeah. DCI every Friday night, you know, as we struggled to have like live content of anything. Um, but, you know, that's like in hindsight, it's always 2020 on that stuff. And, you know, such a logistical challenge to make anything happen, especially when you don't necessarily have the resources that the NBA or the NHL. (laughs) Man, a a drum corps bubble over the summer would have been actually really cool, probably as a member and just to watch as an audience member. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just like what a what an interesting experience that would have been to, you know, like I remember when I was a member a couple of times we had you know, cores, we would share rehearsal facilities with them. And like, we'd be on, you know, like lunch break and you just like peek your head around the corner. And it's like, Oh, so that's how the cadets do their, their battery rehearsals. Okay. Okay. I see what they're doing. But like to have that insular, like bubble experience where it's like, you're surrounded by that and that's everything. And everyone's in one space, I think would have been a, a really unique experience if it would have been like even remotely viable. I think if, if it had been thought of, because you're right, ESPN was showing literally marble races. <laughs> like, cornhole, like, ridiculousness, because they had nothing to talk about and nothing to show. And yeah, that would have been a way something could have happened. I mean, man, what if? And, Always and the listen, what ifs. Like that's, that same thing could happen in summer 2021. Like, you know, yeah. all these leagues are wrapping up right now, and it's not like... The NBA is going to wrap up probably next week. The Lakers will likely win another championship, unfortunately. Uh, for, it's a close uh, game right now. I just checked the score. What's the score? Okay. Okay. 46-44 in the second quarter. Might have to go Jimmy watch G this Buckets. He's, oh, he's, he's got to go hard again. <laughs> oh, 45. Yeah, dude. I hope that they make, make it a series. But ultimately, That's... I think the Lakers will win too. Yes. I think the Lakers, think yeah, the Lakers are going to win, yeah. Yeah, it seem, seems that way. But – you know, like they're not gonna end their season this week or, ne- or early next week, and then like be ready to go by January. Like those players, everyone's gonna need time off to like rest and recuperate, and then they have to do training camps and drafts and all that stuff. So it's not like that stuff's gonna be happening 24/7 like it is right now, where it's like on any given day you have 30 football games to watch or 10 baseball games, and you know. NHL and, and NBA playoffs. So there's going to be a lull in the content and it maybe there's a way that our little like niche activity resonates with someone gets, gets its time in the spotlight. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, logistics is just, that's the biggest that's, hurdle. Getting that's a the biggest thing like to say, Hey, yeah, you can bring these 200 people here and stay here for two days. I mean, how Where do we are hold you guys from everywhere? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just the idea of holding a camp right now. Um, most people have like a Thanksgiving camp, which is just a little over a month out. It's like, whoo, yikes. Good luck. Yeah. Well, they've gotten so good at having virtual camps and all that stuff now that 
I feel like you know that's kind of like a well-oiled machine for these groups. True. Uh, the kids, plus, yeah, know, they, but retaining as many of their contracted members as they possibly can. That's very true. They were supposed to march last summer. Yep. Yeah, the auditions will be because they they gave everyone an extra summer, right? So I I believe that's correct. So yeah. technically, you could just field the the same core you were going to field for 2020. Okay, correct. that kind of addresses. Because I was getting ready to say it, it'll be really hard to set a battery all video auditions or all virtually <laughs> like not having any of them playing together next to each other ever beforehand. And I'm sure there's hurdles like that in horn lines and um, maybe the least hurdle would be guard. I don't know. It's, it would all be know. tough. The visual aspect tough. of it all, like not seeing a march or yeah. like move at all. It's like, Ooh, yeah, good can luck. you actually move? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. So certainly some X factors involved. Not, be interesting. Un, not impossible, but certainly challenging. Yeah. And we were saying too, I, I think it wouldn't it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if DCI shows became a little shorter. <laughs> please. Please. Let's no take comment. it down to like eight minutes. Sweet spot. Maybe we'll give it nine. Thirteen is just what are they, thirteen now? I love the length of like a world class WGI show. Yeah. It's like seven it's, and a half minutes, eight minutes. Yeah. I mean, it's like enough time to have an arc to the show, but not like too much where it's like you have to force time, you know. I think that's yeah. a great woman. Yeah, seven yeah. and a half, eight minutes. I feel like that's my sweet spot. Drum corps shows with like pre-show, like 12, 13 minutes long. It's like, what? Is this the same group still? What, what am I doing? <laughs> the show's not over yet. No, but yeah, lots, lots, lots to digest and speculate on over the, and over the next few months for sure. I do not predict. envy the people making those decisions. No, no, not at all. <laughs> Not I'm with slightest. you guys. You know, I I play such a small role in all of this stuff. I mean, a little bit at the national level, anyways. When you're thinking about the three-letter acronym organizations, but um, when you're thinking about local circuits for indoor, you know, it's it's been challenging. So I can't even imagine what it's like to try to figure out a way to make a nation nationwide tour, or you know, even like WGI regionals all across the country. Like that's just crazy. Yep. Ooh. It's interesting yeah. times, interesting times <laughs> we live in, but did we hit everything? I think we touched on everything we were planning on. I got through my list, unless you got anything else for us, Mike. Nope. I, oh, I've got Mike. one thing that I want to plug real quick. Um, yeah. So starting uh, tomorrow, actually, so October 7th, so this will probably air after that date, um, but it'll be every single Wednesday from now until uh, the Wednesday prior to Thanksgiving, I'm going to be hosting a, a webinar series called Workshop Wednesdays, and we've got some really killer people. Some heavy uh, hitters in that lineup. Yeah, man. I'm I'm so pumped to have some of these guys on there. Tomorrow, we're kicking it off with uh, Brett Kuhn and Scott Coder. Uh, week two is going to be Shane Gwaltney and Matt Jordan of Music City Mystique, Bluecoats, and Music City Drum Corps fame. Um, and then we've got just a, a laundry list of you know, just incredible people that are taking time out of their day to uh, talk with me about how it is they do what they do. You know, like we talked about earlier, you know, it's just time to reevaluate everything. Like, look at your process, look at what you do, and figure out how to be as effective as possible. And these conversations are going to be all about like how these guys work with their teams, how they form their teams. You know, like tomorrow with Brett and uh, Scott, we're going to talk a lot about program coordinators and you know how those positions can really impact your program in a good way. 
Um, and, you know, just we're going to talk about a lot of collaboration and just what the unique teams do to make themselves successful. And, you know, I just hope that, you know, everyone is going to be able to tune in and, uh, you know, get some nuggets of knowledge from these people that are, you know, the best and brightest in the activity. Uh, I know I'm pumped to talk to them and just try to soak in some of the knowledge and uh, that, that they have to give. But, I mean, I, I'm pumped about it. So, if you want to attend one of these, you have to go to Eventbrite and reserve a ticket um, just because with they're, they're going to be on Zoom, so we've got limited space in there. Um, but just go in there, search Workshop Wednesday, Week X, um, like Week 1, Week 2, Week 3, Week 4, because there will be a separate ticket for each each individual week. Um, but I'm super pumped about it. It's, it's going to be something that's really, really cool. So I'm going to learn a lot, uh, and I hope that everybody else will also. That, yeah, sounds that awesome. list was pretty exciting. I saw like wasn't Skojo on there and Tom Rarick, Roger Carter, and was like I, some of the West Coast guys. Like uh, I, I was like, dang, this is a list, bro. <laughs> yeah, yep. The last the last week is Tom Rarick, Kevin Shaw, and Roger Carter, and I'm just gonna like say, welcome to Workshop Wednesday. Go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your job will be real <laughs> sure. easy that week. <laughs> yeah, we got Skojo, Brian Dinkle. Um, we've got, you know, Matt Hahn, Noah Bellamy and Ryan Ellis that are going to join us. Like we've got, we've got some, some really, really great people. That'll be Sweet. cool, man. That's awesome. We'll make sure we, uh, we link those when we, uh, when we drop it. Yep. Um, so on that note, thanks everybody hanging out. Hit subscribe on the YouTube channel. Once again, uh, subscribe on all the podcast services, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcast, Patreon.com for financial support, Facebook, Spot- Facebook, and Instagram, excuse me, for updates on the podcast. Check out the reaction videos. Share all the content with anyone you think will enjoy them. And again, Lone Star Percussion, aged out discount code. It's in the, the video description or podcast description, depending on where you're listening to this. And we will see everybody next time. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, guys. Appreciate Peace. it.